0: fellow watchers, it's that time of the week again, Born to Watch. The year was 1979 again and an English director with a penchant for cigars in only his second feature film took a story from two film school nerds and created a movie that quite literally changed the world and defined a genre. The way people looked at both science fiction and horror movies was never the same. Ridley Scott created what could be considered his masterpiece with Alien. He defied society and cast a strong female lead who would become an action icon in Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley. Surrounded with an ensemble cast that doesn't miss a beat, this is brilliant, brilliant casting and filmmaking. H.R. Geiger created a world and a species that has never been recorded once in over 300 surveyed worlds. Not only is Alien a great movie, but it also could lay claims to having the greatest sequel of all time and also the greatest tagline of all time. Now let's wake my fellow crew members from Stasis and explore the air shafts as we dissect Alien.
1: G-Man. Good evening. Thanks, Whitey. Great work on the opening spiel. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Um, I can't believe this is Ridley Scott's second movie. Incredible, hey? He's yeah, a bit of a TV jobber. Yeah, he was yeah. before all that, but he's, he's had some hits. But, wow, second in. I'm, I'm, look, I know this is a favourite of the pod here, and I I know this is one of Morgz's all-time favourites, and I can see why. I mean, Morgz <laughs> has always been a lover of the old powery. I you know, have your power snooze in the day, and these guys have the ultimate powery when they go into hyperspace. Incredible. Yeah.
0: He's got a lot of his underwear reminds me a lot of what yeah. they wore in the things as well. That that opening scene where you straight up straight at the wire fronts. I really thought I was we were gonna see John Hurt's old fella. <laughs> it was it was a great shot. Okay, and Dan up there on the land. How are you, mate?
2: How shit are cats.
0: Yeah, it was just proven in in two hours, just proved all my theories about cats in, in one foul swoop.
2: They fucking suck and people that like cats fucking suck and I'm looking straight at you, Craig Plimmer and Tina Plimmer. (laughs) Fucking cats, my God. They're double cat.
0: Yeah, I've got a question in uh, question time about Jonesy, uh, which I think we'll dissect a little bit in there. Okay, look now, Dan, we know this is a favourite of yours. Uh, Old movie, 44 years old, this one. 1979, it's hard to believe that it's that old. Tell us a little bit about, your introduction to Alien, and we're going to set the overs and unders here at forty.
2: Jesus, and I'm yeah, looking at Gao. Uh, that's uh, yeah. I I mean, this I, I I've talked about this basically in every podcast we've done so <laughs> yes. far. So th- there's no hiding that it's a favourite movie of mine. But I we wouldn't have I wouldn't have seen this before I saw Aliens. I don't think so. It's a, a bit back to front and it is a bit of a rare occurrence with sequels before you go back and revisit the original but since i've discovered alien i mean i i, I just fell in love with it many 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 moons ago certainly not in 1979 and, and gee me and you were we mates in 79 was that when we're in mrs, <laughs> yeah. mrs mrs ball's preschool was that yeah, hall, hall, hall street kindy yeah hall street kindy oh, yeah well, that good.
1: was that was walls, pre victoria molds pre that was
2: yeah before you went off to adelaide to be a rattailiean and before i went off to melbourne to get a long back and uh red hair and um and a real <laughs> just g- general, general shittedness. but yeah we were at mrs mrs hall's and i, I can i've seen a, a a class photo from that time and you had a head.
1: oh I hadn't grown into my head then. (laughs) No, No, that's for
2: sure. Your poor little rig was dwarfed by your massive head and your teeth were the same size then Mm. as they are now.
1: Oh, no, but they looked massive then. Yeah, Yeah, they were too big for you. (laughs) Too big. They just never grew. You've always been disproportionate, Gow. That's right. Yeah.
2: But sorry, Whitey. Back to your original question. Yeah, look. This, oh, I've forgotten what it was. What
0: was my this, original question? Like, about
2: How nuts is my alien? And it's 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 so nuts. Like yeah. it's been a huge part of my cinema life and why I love cinema. Why I got into the industry could be argued was because of the friendship I I struck up. With the Scott brothers, but um, but Tony was a bit of a prick, so it was definitely uh, I I I skewed a little more this way, and uh, yeah, huge, huge, huge part of my life.
0: Yeah, excellent, nice, and overs and unders, overs. I'm tipping.
2: Oh, I've seen this like it's it's ridiculous the amount of time I've seen this film. Yeah. But the, between this and Aliens, it's uh, it's hundreds. Like it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The G Man, tell me a bit about your first. Memories of Alien, and, and, and what's your overs and unders for this one?
1: Well, I'm going to surprise you guys on this. I'm going to go a bit demo, and not in like the good-looking triple threat way, <laughs> but in the amount of times I've watched a movie. Way. I've only seen this less than five times. Wow. Less than five. I've seen Aliens so many times, and I never, I never saw this when it came out, and I watched Aliens with you guys, first time ever at Morgan's place in Woodward Street, and we watched that. We watched that. All the time, a lot, all the time, and then Morgs kept saying to me, "You know, watch Alien, watch Alien." And I never got around to it. I only ever, I watched it once years later, I think, um, because you know, Morgs said that was really scary, but he said that about Evil Dead, remember? And then he didn't <laughs> want to watch it, and we had we had to sit there when we were about nineteen watching it. And then Morg had to apologise. Evil Dead yeah, it was, was really scary the first time we saw it
2: though. When you were twelve, it was yeah. super scary. Yeah. But yeah, not at nineteen. But oh. no,
1: I I um I have not seen this this movie for a long time, and I haven't seen it uh, very very many times. Okay, very good.
0: Okay, look, I am I'm exactly the same as as Dan on this one. I saw Aliens first, and Aliens was the first movie that I ever pirated. It was I hired Aliens from the from uh, DY Video and probably Aussies. Straight down to uh, Mates Down the Street, the old uh, De Kaisers, and got that pirated. And that, that was the first movie I ever ever had, which was not an official copy of a movie. And watched Aliens a lot. And then really didn't even realize there was a movie before it, to be honest. And then as I started to do the research, realized there was, and then I remember distinctly, I was down at uh, DY, remember there was the really big uh, blockbuster or whatever on the corner where the drum and golf used to be. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really big. And I remember I was walking along the aisles there, and I, and I must have been, I'd say, God, 13, 12. And I found it, and I go, that's got to be the original one. So I took it home. And I've got to say, the first time I watched it, I was a bit disappointed because it is – so different. It's yeah. such a contrast of a movie compared to Aliens. Now, if you were to watch Alien first and then watch Aliens, I think that'd be okay. But going from the,
1: yeah, they're, the they're, balls to the wall. Yeah, that's exactly action it. So of, much action. So many guns blazing. Mate,
0: nothing happens in this movie for a long time.
1: The opening scene goes for a long time. Yeah, 6 minutes 35. We'll get yeah. to that.
0: So I have since, as I've matured, have grown to love this almost as much as I love Aliens. I've, and I've actually seen it several times in the cinema on re-releases, which has been incredible. I own it on 4K on on HD Blu-ray. It is an incredible 4K. It looks like it was made yesterday. It wow. is so good. The, the production value and production design of this film is incredible. It is so good. I am over 100 times I've seen this movie. This is a movie that I would watch multiple times every year. I would now watch this more than I watch Aliens. Yeah. which is saying something. I'd probably watch this two or three times a year. I'd watch Aliens once a year or twice a year. So I'd yeah. definitely watch Alien more now. Just just a great film. Really good. Giving it away. Premature. Adulation. adulation, yeah. Hasn't nah, been that that's... for a while.
1: I, I don't think you're giving it away. I think it's already been noted that this yeah. is high up on the, on the list.
0: In saying that, I've got a lot in bad. I've got a lot in bad.
1: Yeah. Morgz, where did you rate this in your, in your top 10? Did you rate it top 10? Oh, well, you do a top 10.
2: <laughs> yeah, Sorry, yeah, in your no, top looks, seventeen. Yeah, because I didn't know because it was chronologically in my top seventeen. So I think this was second maybe. Yeah, it was second. My it was, top, was second, yeah. was second. remember? Which I wouldn't well, have launched. Right. yeah. It was cause uh, obviously Wake and Fright came in at number one just to piss off Sloan more than anything. Uh, But Alien Alien was a true number two. It would have to be up there with uh, one of my favourite films of all time. And like everyone else's top 10, top 17 list, mine changes (laughs) constantly. But, uh, yeah, this this is a mainstay. And I I agree. I'm I'm going to take over your agreeing for a while, but I agree wholeheartedly with Whitey. Alien and Aliens couldn't be different, uh, couldn't be more different. They are paced completely differently aliens is just a rollicking ride the whole time this is slow as fuck like this yes, is, is excruciatingly slow in some parts but that just adds more to the uh, the um the the absolute fear that you buy into of all the characters as their inevitable demise is uh is, is slowly just comes about on screen so yeah. there's so much to talk about with this film and uh yeah it's uh, definitely one of my favorites for sure
0: absolutely all right now let's feel the tension as we listen to the trailer Another great trailer, the mood, that, that start where the the letters just appear that they yeah. use at the start of this film is it's just so eerie. So well and mate, it it Deadset it looks like it's been made in the back of a shed, the the start of this movie. The the, the opening credits. It's incredible. But yeah. it's so powerful. The silence, it's so good.
1: Anyway, G Man, why don't you tell us about Alien? All right. With, what, the most iconic tagline? Could be. In space, no one can hear you scream. Mm. In the distant future, the crew of the commercial spaceship Nostromo are on its way home when it picks up a distress call from a distant moon. Under obligation to investigate, the spaceship lands on the small planetoid, and the crew members leave to explore the area. When they discover a hive colony of some unknown creature, the ship's computer also deciphers a message that appears to be a warning. Not a distress call. When one of the eggs is disturbed, the crew realise that it's not alone on the spaceship and it must deal with the consequences. That's pretty good. Yeah.
0: Can't give away too much, though, can it? Like, it's got to play its cards pretty close to its yeah. chest. I've got to say, Dan, being a, a scholar of this film, I, I picked a couple of things up this time, and I've done this of, of late. The lack of communication. So the only, the only communication that they could get was the beacon. Yeah. So and this was all orchestrated, right? So this is all orchestrated by mother and by Ash that yep. all communications are shut down. The only thing you can hear is the beacon. They can't they can't call back to home. They they don't even know where they are. Yeah. Right? They, they are so in the dark, quite literally. I found that to be like super powerful this time. And I only just really realised like Ash is in this from the start, like from the very start. Like and I didn't I didn't know whether I believed that up until this watch where I paid really close attention to the part that Ash played in it. And it's really obvious that that he orchestrates this whole thing.
2: The whole Ash subplot was added after the effects. So the original, the uh, Dan O'Bannon and uh, Roland Shussett that, that wrote the original screenplay didn't include this Ash subplot, and that was added by the great Walter Hill, who was yes. a produce- producer on the film and, uh, and an amazing screenwriter and director in his own right. And, uh, yeah... You just can't imagine this film without that Ash whole Ash subplot. And the more that you know about it and the more you revisit it, the more that you see you see it in Ash's reactions at every stage throughout the film. Like he is orchestrating this. So yes. it's, uh, yeah, when he- it's an incredible bit that I think goes a long way to elevating it beyond what could have been a schlocky B movie like every monster film from the nineteen fifties that had come before it. And I think it's the the depth. Of, uh, of the story and just how uh, some of the themes such as the the corporation versus man that uh, is is rampant throughout the entire aliens um, aliens discography uh is, is very much paramount in this first film
1: absolutely yeah, you notice like when Ash when he when he they don't grab the, the the baby when he comes out of the chest they don't grab the the baby yeah, he says leave it alone leave it alone all of those little bits when you look yeah. back and you realize after you realize that he turns you are oh, okay yeah yeah, there's quite a, quite a few bits that you know he's, he's in on it all the way. Absolutely.
0: Critical thinking. So this is a good one. IMDb have this rated at 8.5 out of 10. It's number 53 in the top 250 movies with over 900,000 reviews. This is obviously certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, 98% on the tomato meter with a 94% audience score. Wow. That's high. That's, That's right up there with the yep. heist that we've done. Okay, couple reviews. Got one from uh, Jerry's brother, Eric Lundegaard of the Seattle Times. (laughs) The most startling thing watching Alien again is its pacing. For the first 45 minutes, little happens. It's all slow, exquisite build-up, which makes the second half seem all the more horrific. It's perfect. No perfect, that. Really, really good. Got a bad review here. From uh, Dave O'Kerr, he's back. Oh. oh from the Chicago reader. On. An empty headed horror movie with nothing to recommend it beyond the disco inspired art direction and some handsome, if gimmicky, cinematography.
2: Wow. <laughs> is that, this That's is tough. A, this is this is his whole shtick, as he just shits on great movies, is that it is seems that what to we've be. It would, it would it would seem key, to yeah. be. Yeah. What a fucking prick! Yeah, no, what, what, he couldn't have even been watching the same movie. So, fuck off, Dave Kerr.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm not with the Curry. Um, he's he's the true Wayne Kerr. There, there's no doubt. Ordinary people, gal.
1: Tell us a bit about the cast, the crew, the budgets. Okay, everything. here we go. Small cast in this movie. Not too, not too many players in it. But um yeah. we'll we'll run through them. We'll run through them pretty quickly. Excellent. Um Sigourney Weaver, we've talked about Sigourney before. We've had her on for Ghostbusters previously. This is her first role. This is well, she was in one movie early called Madman in seventy eight, but then she was cast in this. So she was in, did a bit of TV, did a bit of early TV. Uh did Eyewitness in eighty one with William Hurt and Christopher Plummer, The Year of Living Dangerously, obviously Ghostbusters in eighty four, aliens in eighty six, gorillas in the mist. So she had a real a real uh Gorilla biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> she had a, she was in the midst. Right in the midst. Her, yeah. working girl. Um, she was in copycat 95, the village. But anyway, look just quickly, uh, a, a bit of a sliding door here. Meryl Streep was a contender for this role, but her husband had just passed away. John Cazale. Yes. Yeah, just he was, away. he was mourning. She was and mourning. She was mourning. Yes. So Sigourney Weaver was actually the, the last person cast and it was actually her screen test. That um that bagged her the role. It was her speech from the final scene. Yeah, and that was the screen test, and that's what got her the role.
0: I'm sure Meryl Streep would have been good because she's a great actor, right? But you cannot possibly imagine anyone on the planet playing Ellen Ripley now. No. than Sigourney Weaver.
1: No, it's it's a really really iconic role now that she's, especially after Aliens. Yeah, I mate. think that just cemented it. Yeah,
0: and she copped a bit of shit on the on the uh, on the set. Because she was a newbie and there was a lot of experience in that cast, right? Even though it's limited, a lot of experienced players there.
1: Yeah, they She wanted, copped a lot of shit. Well, that's right, but they wanted a really experienced cast because they had to carry the whole thing, right? Yeah. Because there's there's no other supporting yeah. actors around. There's nothing happening. Nothing else happening except yeah. them and their dynamics. So, yeah. yep. look, her actually, her salary when she did Alien Resurrection in 97 was more than the entire cost of Alien yeah. itself. Yeah, like, she got 26 million or something, something like that. Like something ridiculous. crazy, yeah. Uh, Moving on, we'll go quickly. Tom Skerritt. Now, how old do you reckon Tom Skerritt is? Now? Yeah. Uh, 84. 90. What? He's born in 1933. Holy shit. 25th of August, so he's just turned 90. No wonder he wasn't in Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) No. Well, he made a movie. I'll I'll go through it, but he's made a, a movie lately, but he made his debut in War Hunt in 1962 and then did a whole, did years of TV, Combat, The Virginian, Gunsmoke. And then his next big movie break was MASH. 1970. Yeah. Right. Uh, with Donald Southern Elliot Gould. Yep. Another Morgs lookalike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, he did The Dead Zone in 83 with Christopher Walker and obviously Top Gun in 86 oh, as Viper. Viper. Um, Still Magnolia as the rookie with Clint Eastwood in 1990 and Charlie Sheen. And uh, most well known, for Picket Fences from 92 That's to 96. Right. He, yeah. he got a lead actor Emmy in 93 for that. <laughs> um, but most recently, as I said, he was in a movie called Catch the Bullet in 2021. Jesus. Mm. He's old. But look, interestingly on this movie, he actually was approached early in the development and he turned it down. it uh, didn't have a director, had a low budget, so he didn't want to do it.
0: Yeah, he didn't think it was going to do it justice. The budget would do it justice. No,
1: but um but twentieth Century Fox doubled the budget from four point two to eight point four million on the strength of Ridley Scott's Storyboards. Uh, storyboards. Yeah. And then he came back on.
2: Okay, so Dan, have you seen any of these storyboards Ridley Scott's done? So What's interesting about Ridley Scott is his background, or wasn't in direction, but it was in art direction. So he was a very successful commercial director in in the UK, and obviously quite. Quite used to storyboarding with a lot of the campaigns that he did. And he actually storyboarded the entire film for for this. And if you look at the little sketches he does, they are scene perfect for the entire film. So there is, I don't think they diverged at all from, from his original storyboard. So it was actually resulted in him getting more cash ultimately for the film because the producers were able to see what his vision was. And as he started to, to shoot it and they saw the dailies, they were like, right, we get what you're uh, you're up to here. Here's another $4 million, which was a huge amount of money at the time for for what was uh, not really looking to be uh, the success that success, it was as far as uh, expectations of the production guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know Ridley Scott directed the uh, Roxy Music song Avalon? Yeah. It's crazy
0: 1982.
1: Have so, and look, someone to turn down this role Harrison Ford, yeah, he turned down the Dallas role, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He turned down the Dallas role, yeah. and then obviously Tom Skerritt came back. And once it, once as you said, as the budget came up, yeah, we're gonna to go to uh Harry Dean Morgan.
0: Wow, Harry Dean
1: Morgan, yeah. <laughs> but uh, mm. right, so after,
2: a... while they're calling him Harry Dean Morgan, funk is that I was uh. Thinking I was a bit of a six C, quite a few years back now, and uh, quite a few, quite a few years back, <laughs> and uh, this bloke was licking me out. And I can't, I can't remember why, but he was get, blind. You know, he. Uh, I've, 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 I've had a couple of Brad Pitts in my time off, and get Andy Lee, I get Travis Pastrana, or I get, you know, there's some sick bloke lookalikes that I get. But uh, this bloke was licking me out. I thought, oh, this is going to, you know, this is how it's going to go. I just, anyway, just roll through it. Mm. And he's like, you look like that actor bloke, you know, that was, uh, it was in that film, in that sci fi film. And I'm thinking, oh, it's probably, probably Brad Pitt that Astra or something along those lines. And, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, that, what, what was that guy, Harry Dean Stanton in Alien? Like, what are you fucking talking about, mate? That bloke looked 60 back then and that was 1979. So, yeah. Anyway, fuck him.
0: We've already done a lookalike and side by side. We're going to repost that again on the socials. Please get on there. We know that uh, one of our one of our very good listeners knew, uh, knew straight away
1: who the lookalike was. So uh, anyway, G-Man, I mean, continue. I, I'm not sure about that, Morgs. You you may you may be related to him. He he did a movie in '57 called Mark of the Apache, and then after that, he did a whole heap of TV shows, mainly as a soldier and as a cowboy from the land. Oh, He I wore the clear. shit out of that hat. Yeah. Yeah, well,
0: whilst
2: I need about another 30 years to morph into his particularly rough scon, I do appreciate his background. He used to hang out with the Eagles in the 70s. like He was a 6C of his time, so there, there is that definitely dynamic that yeah.
1: we share. He was in Cool Hand Luke in 67. Yeah, he played Tramp. He was in Kelly's Heroes with Clint Eastwood and Telly Savalas. The Godfather Part 2. Yep. He had a small role as the FBI man there. Yeah, he's in
0: the, uh, the courtroom part. He's, he's uh, I think he's one of the guys in the room with uh,
1: Pantangeli. Yes. Frank Pantangeli. But look, now we're going to ding the bell. He was in Escape from New York in 1981. Yeah, of course. As Brain Hellman. He's very good there. Yeah. Repo Man, Red Dawn. Oh, he plays Patrick Swayze in Charlie Sheen's, yeah. too. Alderman, Alderman back. Yeah. Pretty in Pink. He's in Twister. He was in The Green Mile. Played Toot Toot, the yeah. inmate. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, But look, he actually his, he actually spoke to Ridley Scott about this movie and said, look, during the audition he said, I don't like sci-fi or monster movies. So Ridley Scott was amused but then convinced him that it was more of a thriller. Yeah, he said, I'm not doing either of those. Yeah. yeah, So he convinced him it was a thriller, not not really yeah. a a sci-fi yeah. or monster movie. Who else we got? What about Yafet? Yeah, we got Yafet. You know how big he was? he was? Did you see him walking alongside Harry Dean? He's a massive man. He's 6'4". Yeah. And Harry Dean Stanton must be, Tiny, because they were walking along down the yeah, like through the ship, and you he just—he was so much bigger and wider yeah. than him. But yeah, look, he started. He started on a, as a Broadway uh, in the in the stage version of the Great White Hope. He was an understudy to James Earl Jones. That was in the mid '60s, I think. But he was obviously in Live and Let Die. He was Mister Big. Yeah, seventy-three. He was the—he was thirty-three years old. He was the youngest actor to play a Bond villain at the time. Yep. Obviously, was in Eye of the Tiger with Gary Busey in '86, and The Running Man. And did a whole heap of TV after that. He was on Homicide: Life on the Street, that's played Algieriello for, long time, long for long 122 episodes. But interestingly, for him, he turned down the role of Lando Calrissian. Oh, yeah, Billy D. Yep. Yeah. He he thought that Lando was going to be killed in the movie and he was going to be typecast, so he he let it go. And Billy D. Williams took it. Bad move. Yeah. Bad move. effort Real bad. Yeah. Bad move. We'll move on. I think we can. That's it for the cast. Do we want to go through anyone else? No, oh,
0: well, th- there's only one of the greatest actors of our generation in John Hurt that you haven't touched. Yeah, I,
1: I, I go back to him. Well, there's Ian Holm, Sir yeah. Ian Holm as well. Yeah. Oh, oh well, I don't backwards. want to talk about Ash. Ash is a fuckwit. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Ash. Sorry. John Hurt wasn't in this movie for a long time. Well, it was drawn out for a fair bit, so he's, he was in it for uh, 45 minutes, Yeah. maybe more. He's in
0: it for, I can tell you, it's 56 minutes 56 and 35 minutes. seconds yeah. or something like that. He's in the movie. But, you know, he was cast the night before he started.
1: Yeah, because the original actor got got, uh, sick got sick. on the first day of shooting. He was actually the first choice, and then he pulled out because he had a schedule conflict. And then and then the other guy had to pull out with yeah. uh, what was it? Uh, he, he
0: had uh, he ended up having diabetes. diabetes yeah, yeah, diabetes. Something. Yeah, yeah,
1: but he Ridley Scott drove to his house and sat
0: down, and then it was two a.m. in the morning, and he goes, "When do I start?" And Ridley Scott said, 7.30. So he <laughs> got he goes, "We well, better get the car to come and pick me up." So it uh, drove him to the set, and he was there.
1: Had didn't see a script. Had no idea. Yeah. yeah, incredible. No, he's good. Well, well he got a BAFTA uh, nominee for this, but he was in Midnight Express in 1978 as well. Yeah. He was one of the Ooh. inmates, and he got a uh, he had an Oscar nom for Best Supporting Actor there as well. He was obviously in The Elephant Man in 1980, yeah. and he won a BAFTA and got an Oscar nom for that too. not an animal. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Uh, he's in Spaceballs in 87, where he spoofed his role in Alien. Rob Roy, he's in Contact. That's yeah, uh, good. More recently in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, or the Harry Potter movies, as Mr. Ollivander. He was in Hellboy. Yes, he was. He plays Hellboy's uh, minder right. or yep. father, sur- surrogate father. Yep. Yeah, but uh, here's a little stat for you. Out of all the working actors in Hollywood, he holds the record for the most on-screen character deaths.
0: Oh, Forty-seven. <laughs> 47.
1: <laughs>
0: Sean Bean's after
1: him, man. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. He was actually offered the role of Gandhi in in Richard Attenborough's 1982 wow. film. Wow. But turned it down because he didn't think that a Caucasian man should. Portray that
0: he's he's woke before his time. He's woke before his time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. No white person would be playing Gandhi nowadays. That's for sure. Yeah. No. No. All
1: right. Well done, G man. What about the budget, box office? All right. The gross: sixty-two million domestically, one hundred twenty-two point six internationally for one hundred eighty-four point six worldwide. It was a ten point seven million dollar budget. Crazy. And three point five million on the opening weekend.
2: Crazy. Yeah. Good wedge.
1: Yeah. Good yeah. wedge absolute hit What are it, the, any Academy Awards or what, what's going on yeah look in that year so we've been through it before we've had Mad Max but Kramer vs Kramer won 5 won Best Picture Best Director Best Actor for Dustin Hoffman Best Supporting Actress for Meryl Streep um, Sally Field won Best Actress for Norma Rae, Uh and Alien won that got Best best Effects Best Visual Effects yeah because um, as we said it didn't really it wasn't really a big hit when it first came out but it sort of Grew legs after that. Hard to deny the visual effects, though, right? Uh, the burster scene alone was is one crazy, that wins an yeah. Academy Award on the spot, right? Did you notice a lot of the uh, the the uh, scanners are a bit like Star Wars? Yeah, because that was one of his that was one of his uh, the movies that he sort of yeah. based it off. But yeah, yeah, I noticed a lot of similarities in the way in some of those in some of those early uh, um, scanners that they had, or you know, some of that stuff they had.
0: Yep. Well, well done,
1: G-Man. Another
0: quality segment. 1979 hit, Sleeper or Dud. My hit for 1979, and it was quite difficult because there's probably five I could have chosen. I actually wrote down Apocalypse Now and deleted it. Rocky II. Nice, nice choice. How can I not go with Rocky II? It has my favourite training montage in all the Rockies. Very close photo finish with uh, Rocky IV. But when the kid is running behind him yelling, Go, 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 go when he's running through Philadelphia and then runs up Morgs' stairs is incredible. I love Rocky too. We get to see Rocky win, which is nice. Incredible movie. An easy hit for me. G-Man, what do you got?
1: Well, there's some really good movies in 79. You'd think think I'd go with Mad Max, seeing it was in my top 10, and it is one of the greatest movies of all time. But I'm not going with that. I'm going with something... Far greater. Oh, this will be good. A force of one. A Chuck Norris (laughs) special. All right. G-Man. Here's the the, the move for you. When the detectives of an undercover police unit are being mysteriously killed by a martial artist, a professional kickboxer is hired to assist them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Now, it's got the iconic cover of Chuck sitting cross-legged with no shirt on. He's got his hands out beyond his knees and it's got the the white light triangle around him. (sighs) I'm gonna to have to watch this. Yeah, it's it's great. And listen to the trailer. It's got one of the greatest lines. You know, it's that that quintessential uh, American voice for the trailer. It's like, yeah. it starts with a routine search. It ends in a trail of bodies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's Good choice, cracker. G-Man. Dan, what have you got for it?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge Roger Moore fan as far as the Bonds go, mm. but Moonraker. Was actually actually a 1979 film that uh, came in the top top ten. Yeah, nine, around about yeah, nine yeah. in the in the domestic box office. So seventy odd million, not a slouch by any stretch. Um, quite a bit camp, typical Roger Moore fare. But we are introduced to Jaws uh, coming back. Sorry, coming back for uh, his his second stint in the Bond universe. And uh, it's, it's I've seen it recently. It, it's definitely, when you see the Daniel Craig Bond and compare it with the Roger Moore <laughs> Bond, it's like watching Austin Powers, basically, compared to yes. uh, the Daniel Craig bits. But a, a great movie, and if it ever pops up on anything that any of your streamers, when you're uh, sitting around with not much to do, definitely worth a revisit.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a... Uh... I was a big Roger Moore fan. He was my he was my Bond for a long time. He was your Bond, right? Okay, yeah, for a long time. Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay, nineteen seventy nine sleeper, escape from Alcatraz.
1: Yeah, good one. Obviously, yeah.
0: starring Clint Eastwood. Uh, it's the the most secure prison of all time. No one can ever escape. They didn't bank on Clint Eastwood being in there. I still remember today the paper mache head. That he puts under the blanket. It's like one of the the one of my lasting memories of the movie is just the paper mache head. And I said, "How does he does he make that? How do they do that under the guise of all these guards?" And they're, "What are you making that paper mache head for, Clit? "Oh, well, you know, oh nothing. I'm just an artist." But uh, yeah, it's a great movie. True story. Uh, people were never, the guys were never found.
1: No, just a great movie. It's really an awesome really good, movie. Really yeah. good movie. G-Man, what do you got? Sleeper. I couldn't. I couldn't split these two. I've got. The Warriors and The Wanderers. Yes. Both cracking movies. I watched The Wanderers only about three months ago. It came on. If It's not really a woke movie anymore. <laughs> Neither is The Warriors. No, not really The Warriors, but The Wanderers is pretty bad. But Ken Wall at his best. Karen Allen, young yes. Karen Allen. Yeah. Great movie about the Italian gangs in… Uh...
0: Oh, it looks like Butterbean.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't think of his name. Yeah, John Friedrich.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's bean.
1: Yeah, the big guy. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Warriors as well.
0: We've been talking the Warriors up for seventy episodes on this oh. show. It was, I think, we spoke about doing it in the first five or six. We're gonna have to do it before the end of the year, I think.
1: Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, they get out. They get out of town. They get away from the Bronx, out to Coney Island, and then, uh, then they got to fight their way back in.
0: And it's got fucking uh, Sally from Commando. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and this, unlike in Commando, he dies last. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay, Dan, what do you got for Sleeper?
2: Yeah, I, it, around this time, and Alien was one of the reasons, but pr- predominantly Star Wars was the reason that we were filled with a lot of sci-fi futuristic fare. And this one, like Battlestar Galactica, was around about the same time and was a little bit more on the campy side, but definitely worth a look. And it's Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Oh, nice. so, oh Yes. Yeah. Look, like, it's just one of those films that I remember from when we were kids. That uh, that was just a part of our childhood, essentially. And it was it was a film that you're allowed to watch. I think as a kid, it wasn't uh, certainly not like Alien, which our, our parents would no doubt have shuttered to let us see until we were at least in our teens or whenever. But Buck Rogers, it was it was pretty PG fair, and uh, and definitely piggybacking heavily onto the Star Wars universe. But old Gil Gerard, who. Uh, Gow and I, and I, th- I think you, Whitey, be, we, we called one of your coaches for a yes. long time uh, be on, on the back of this this movie. Um, and, and yeah, just a, a enjoyable flick. I wouldn't have seen it in 30 years, but remember it as uh, definitely a, a film from our childhood.
0: It is on Plex, Dan, if you want to revisit it. I um, may have to. It, it is there. Colonel Wilma Deering, Aaron Gray. Yeah. Uh, great Deering, sort. Yes. Great sort. Great sort. Great sort. I love that show. Jesus yeah. was a good show. Yeah. Buck Rogers in the twenty first century. Really, really good. I've got the uh, I actually bought uh the the ship, the Viper, though. Well, it's not the Viper's Battlestar Galactica, but I bought the Buck Rogers ship yeah. uh for collection. That's in my it's in my box of toys for collection. Because I'm a loser. Uh <laughs> thought I'd just get in there first before anyone jumped on me. Uh okay. Nineteen seventy nine dud. This was very easy. And it's very it's it's with a bit of a heavy heart that it's nineteen forty one. Spielberg's yeah. monumental flop. After the success of of Jaws, uh, he was obviously the greatest or the biggest filmmaker on the planet. Uh, it is so bad. Hysterical Californians prepare for a Japanese invasion in the days after Pearl Harbor. He even parodies Jaws, where the girl is swimming in the in the water and and the and the sub submarine rises and and sort of she gets caught on the on the uh, telescope. It is shockingly bad. John Belushi's in it. It's a bad movie. I've tried to watch it many times. I don't think I've gotten all the way through it. It's bad. G-Man.
1: Oh, look, I, I had a couple that I was trying to, trying to get through. One of them was an Aussie movie with uh, Steve Bisley and Michael Caton. It's called The Last of the Knuckle Men. Oh, yeah. Um, But I found another one. I, I, was, I was going between... <laughs> this is good. This is good. I was going between one called Golden Girl, uh, which is about a neo-Nazi doctor who tries to make a superwoman of his daughter, who he especially feeds, exercises, and conditions since she was a child in preparation for the Olympics. Wow. That's like Rocky Horror Picture Show in reverse. Yeah, star James Coburn. But I couldn't go past another one I found, which is a movie called Chomps. Now, this, this synopsis, a young man invents a robot dog that has super strength, x-ray vision, and can detect crimes being committed. A greedy businessman tries to steal the invention from him. It chops. Where do you find these movies, Gow?
0: You know, but no, there's a bit of a
1: cast in it. Tell me. Mr. D's in it, Conrad Bain. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the world don't move. Okay, Conrad it's, Bain. Uh, yeah, Conrad Bain and the, the female lead in this was Valerie Bertinelli. She was a good source. Good, I mean. sword. good source.
2: Good yeah. source. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so that was my that was my bad.
0: Okay, Chops. well done, uh, Dan up there on the land. What do you got for Dud?
1: I don't know that
2: there would be too many years where the number one grossing film of the year is my bad, but in 1979 that is the case. Superman with Christopher Reeve. Wow, what a absolute pile of dog shit that film is. I tonally, I never enjoyed it. I remember as a kid thinking it was shit. It is shit, and I can't believe over a, a quarter of a bazillion people paid ninety three million two hundred ninety two thousand seven hundred sixty seven dollars to see that film in the cinema. You're all dickheads.
0: Yeah, okay. that's a that's a really hot take, Dan. It's, but I agree. Tonally, it's a bit off. It's not a kids. It doesn't feel like a kids' movie. That's for sure.
2: It's No, it's just a, they didn't quite nail it. I think there wasn't a lot of choice. Like, not not everyone was as educated as us as, as filmgoers in 1979, but it, uh, no, it, if they did it again, I think they would do it a lot differently.
0: Well, they have done it again, and it's been shit house every time. Yeah. Question time. Is Ripley correct in her quarantine stance? Now, in hindsight, it's very easy to say yes, put under the same situation do you not let them in
1: if she didn't let them in that alien never gets on board for sure so she was right in what she was doing that she was, was a protocol, right but it got she got overridden yeah was it what's by? ash
0: ash overrides them who opens the door ash, oh, ash yeah. oh no because
1: the girl slaps her doesn't she yeah because she was outside yeah. you'd
2: seen it more than five times in 44 years you'd know that that was <laughs> no a I, was, I was thinking it was the girl G-Man.
1: no I was no, thinking, she she colleges, but she was no she
0: was
2: angry because she got left outside. Yeah.
0: No, she's uh, yeah, she's out there with them. Yeah. No, I think uh I'd leave the door shut myself. Fuck you, Ash. Yeah.
2: Ripley was following protocol. <clears throat> she was a bit of a nerd, like she was a she nerd. Kinda, yeah. yeah, if you were on the ship and you had to she was a by the rules Barry, um, but she was actually correct in thinking that maybe you shouldn't bring someone on board that's got a chest chest hugger fucking your face.
0: Yes, absolutely. Just a just a little bit left field. What do you think happens if you wake up during hypersleep? Yeah. I, I, you, about I, I think I about know. that every movie that I see, because I'm like, I know Dan would be sweet because he'd just go to sleep and not wake up, right? Because he'd be on fucking uh, diazepam or something, right? He'd just sonk himself out. Something could Pam and he'd be gone, right? But he'd just roll over and piss on the cat.
3: Well, this, well and Dan's
0: right. known to just piss him wherever he wants. <laughs> Like, I am a regular guy, so, it, like,
1: I wake up, just I a need a shit.
0: I'm
2: just doing regular Joe with a regular job.
0: The <laughs> job.
1: I'm your average wife.
0: <laughs> no, okay, but listen, I, I know that I'm going to wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is take a shit, right? It's just what I do. Now, I'm not ha- – and if I sleep – say if I sleep for eight hours, I'm at DEFCON 4 by the time I wake up. I, I'm heading straight there. If I'm sleeping for fucking months – I can't imagine what's happening to my body.
2: What are you talking about? You'd wake up with your morning fat and you would give it an absolute sing to, and then you go no, to I sleep for 10
0: months. i have, have to take a dump.
1: How do they knock themselves out for these extended periods? There must be something in the... How they do must they knock, knock one out, out
2: for these extended <laughs> yeah, periods? There's not a
0: lot of room to knock one out. I'll give you the tip. But in, in saying that, Ripley does have two pussies in her uh, stasis pod at the end. They're both quite furry by the looks of things.
2: It was the 70s.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, just a question. Uh, It's probably unanswerable, but uh, all right, we'll move on from that one.
2: Has there been... It's completely answerable. I can picture you from a helicopter view in your pod. You wake up and you'd be squinting over at Ripley, just giving it. And then you'd be back asleep. Uh, Okay.
0: I've got to say, that's probably the right answer. That's probably the right answer. All right. Has there been a scarier creature ever created? Is this the king of monsters?
2: I, I think there's two parts to that question. I think that it is an exceptionally scary creature, but without that Swiss freak, H.R. Giga, 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 uh, and his fucked up mind. Then you you don't have any of this film whatsoever. It's a B film. It looks like For creature sure. from the creature from the Black Lagoon, and it's never spoken of again. So I think he is a huge, huge, huge part of why this is such a scary fucking thing. Yeah.
1: Definitely, I think the little snap jaws. They're the, well, they're oh. the worst. How oh, good. Yeah, it's got yeah. the big rows of teeth, and the little snap jaws come <laughs> out. that's, no, that's, that's not just, good.
0: They're the they're unforgettable. The snap jaws. Okay, and then leading on from that. The chest burster scene could it be the most iconic scare in movie history?
2: As far as it jump is- scares go, yeah, like I'm not, I don't like horror, horror. I don't like horror comics. I'm a bit like Corey Ham in The Lost Boys. <laughs> Big I don't time like horror, horror. But yes, I think as far as jump scares goes, you would be hard pressed to name many more that uh, that freak you out more than this one.
0: Yeah, G-Man? the no, good one. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, oh, it's I had in my good. The alien chesper's okay. unreal scene. Excellent. When he's-, when he's bouncing around on the table.
0: Last question. Which is better? Alien or Aliens?
2: Dan, we're going to start with you. Aliens. It's a really okay. tough one, but Aliens is a more enjoyable film, and I don't normally skew towards the more popcorn popcorn fair. But if I had to choose what I would watch tomorrow or what I couldn't only watch ever again, I just love that Aliens film so much. It'd be Aliens
1: yep G man. aliens definitely I really, really love aliens for all the reasons Morg just said, but I have a question for you. like
2: could I could Ali- we aliens- that as, sorry Gow, could we describe that as agreeing
1: with Morg? Yes, 100 percent I'm agreeable okay. I'm agreeable too. I- I'd like to ask you alien or the thing because they're very, very oh. similar movies. Oh. Uh, they are they are yeah I'm
0: going I'm oh God, that's really good Gow, because they are so similar. The I'm, Ga- I'm going the thing. I'm going The Thing for me Uh, there's something and they're but it's like uh, and when we get to the rank bank you're going to see how fine line this is Mm. but I'm going to go The Thing but they're both incredible films that are in my top well The Thing's my third favourite well second favourite movie of all time love The Thing it's an incredible film yep great well done well played gentlemen (laughs) It's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we've got a very special segment tonight because joining us all the way from the other side of the country is one of our loyal listeners,
3: Matty Beer Geek from
0: WA. How
3: are you, buddy? Gentlemen, thanks for thanks for having me on. Um, I'm very good. I'm good.
0: Mate, I t- I'll tell you the story. So uh, Matt's been one of the, the listeners that does reach out and does do a bit of with us on, on social media and does come back and forth, especially with, well, with me because I'm the only one that's on social media. The rest of the two, they're just here for their creative flair. But, well, it's uh,
3: Whitey and the team. It's Whitey and the team, isn't it? <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It's Not now a now official. Start. Not a good start, man. Thank you. Not a good so start. he
2: can stay. He can stay. Before you go on, <laughs> what was it with the name Matt back in uh, your your time? Like, what do you, were they just handed it out? Every fucking trick we <laughs> meet is made Matt around here.
3: Everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got four mates that were Matt as well. So they were yeah, just handing it out. Crazy.
0: Biblical. It's biblical. biblical. That's what it is. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: It's biblical. So anyway, Matt, he's with us tonight and we, he's going to go through the good, the bad, the ugly. Now, he reached out. Alien is one of his favourite movies of all time. And, and at very early on when he came on board, he, it was one of the first things he said to me, is I can't wait for you boys to do Alien. And it's been a little while in the waiting. We like to, when someone throws a movie out that they like to do, we just like to hold them off a bit and just make sure that they're in for the long haul. We don't want to, you know, uh, just sort of reward people too early. But maddie has been around with us for a long time now. So it was very easy for me to think, well, it's time to bring him on board for, for our first special guest, really who's going to be doing good, the bad, the ugly with us. And it's probably something we might do moving forward, reward some of the loyal listeners, which are few and far between. But uh, So it shouldn't take very long to get through them all. But let's start. So we're going to start with the good, and we're going to start with the big man to start with, our guest of honour. So, uh, Maddie, what do you think, uh, what's good for you for for Alien?
3: In the good list, I've got a long, it's a laundry list, but um, top right at the top, Nostromo set design was... Next level. That feeling of claustrophobia and isolation um, was bloody terrifying. Condensation on the panels, all the, you know, through the, the, uh, all the walkways, everything looked worn. It was really well done. The alien design, like that suit, like Geiger is uh, next level. They were saying he was like a vampire on the set too. You'd only see him, you know, here and there. Um, he's an ugly he is,
0: fella. Ugly he's man. Scary.
3: He's a scary bloke, yeah. yeah. Um, but his, uh, you know, working with black plasticine for 14 hours to create the suit was uh, was next level. Um, and then, I mean, the soundtrack as well, which I, uh, you know, that tension, that quiet um, kind of terror, that dread that leads you in. They don't need to spell everything out for you. I thought it was bloody awesome. And the cast, I thought the interaction with the cast was unreal. I know uh, Ridley Scott filmed a lot of the the rehearsals. Um, and didn't really give him any practice time, so they they clocked a lot of time together. Um, and I reckon you could tell when you watched it; they had this kind of uh, yeah. The cast was was well formed, I thought.
0: I definitely felt that they had relationships. Like it didn't yeah. feel mm. like there was a, there was there was tension. Before, and I know they yeah. they really built that tension between mm. um, Yafficado and Sigourney Weaver. That was that was intentional. They were mm. they
1: were supposed to not like each other, and he was he, actually told to annoy him yeah. on set so that they'd have that. That dynamic, yeah, and he certainly does banter that, that back
3: and forth, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. They certainly
0: don't really like each other very much. It's just, very good. Just
2: back to the the set design, Maddie. I think that's a, a massive call. I totally agree. The, they actually made blueprints for the Nostromo, like completely drew out exactly what it would look and how all the, the rooms are ejected. And those, those blueprints exist now. So they got a little carried away, it must be said, but it's it certainly reflected in the final product and that you always feel like the exterior shots morph into the interior shots so that it's you're looking at what you
3: would think that the inside of that ship would look like. Absolutely, yeah. It was so, so well done. Very good.
0: Yeah, well, they built they built a whole set, so it was yeah, literally they, the they lived yeah. they lived in a set, which and mm. I've, I've, and we can just sort of tack onto your set design there a bit. Just feels everything's really tactile. You know what I mean? It like feels like it's it's lived in. It feels like there's the, and obviously because of the age of it, it is it's it's very touch and reaction. So when Dallas goes into mother for the first time, he pushes a button, the latch opens, he takes something out, he puts it in somewhere else. It, It's just, it's fucking incredible how the detail that went into this and, and you feel it and it's, it really adds to the, uh the experience completely.
3: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, anything so more? Good. Um, That's about it for good. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sweet. Okay. Mm.
0: Dan, what do you got up there? We'll keep running with the, with the uh, externals. Go for it.
2: Yeah I've uh, snarled it so I'd just tack on the back of that the I like that you're unsure who the the hero is throughout the movie so mm. if you're seeing this for the first time and I'm sure all the mats Uh, The the same as me, and it's very hard to remember what your first experience was with this film because we've seen it so many bazillion times. But you you would think that Dallas is going to be your hero throughout. That's what how this would normally play out. The captain, he's going to save the ship. That's uh, if if it was a uh, who's that Scottish actor that's always fucking doing the action films lately? Um, Jared Butler. Derek Butler, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's like it's my plane and they are my passengers and I have to save them. You know, bullshit like that. So that's, that's what you exactly you would think would happen here, but no. Ridley is just biting a time. She's obviously super smart, but you don't expect that the the final third of the film is going to hang on her so much. So I think that uh, that that's incredible and so groundbreaking. <laughs> the other the other bit for me was that uh, and and Matt Bigg touched on it was that that whilst the sets are incredible I think that Gridley Scott went out of his way to avoid those cliched 1950s horror tropy creature from the Black Lagoon type uh the 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 um the 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 what what the creature is the creature is only or the alien is only on screen for four minutes in this in this entire film and he was absolutely um hellbound not. To have it look like it was a man in a suit, this alien, mm. despite the fact that it is a man in a suit throughout mm. the whole time. So the fact that he he makes a lot of the terror and a lot of the horror in our minds rather than um than 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 show it on screen, and and similar to what Spielberg faced, I guess, with Jaws was that the the Jaws itself looked fucking shit out. So he he had to create uh, a lot of the um that uh, in, in embedded fear. It, it, between our ears, rather than seen on screen, I think that that's absolutely paramount. So it uh, it didn't didn't make it look like a humanoid figure at all, despite the fact that there's a six foot eight dude in that suit for a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. G man, oh, you boys have hit most of it. I love the, oh, uh, the agree. chest burst. Agree. Oh, I <laughs> agree. Yeah. No, hold on, hold on, Mugs. I'm I'm agreeing to your agree to Matt. Oh, double <laughs> agree. It's a. I've agreeing you on You can't triple step a double
2: step, Lloyd. You can't triple <laughs> step a double step. The alien
1: chest burst scene, it was so good. The way the way he was writhing around and they had to they had to hold him down. And then when he when the blood just goes everywhere, which is which was yeah. done on purpose. Yeah. They didn't know how much blood there was going to be, so they wanted to get that reaction, which they really did. Yeah. Especially from Veronica Cartwright. Um the suspense of you know, you it's just that holding terror when you go in. I jumped when the alien appeared in front of Dallas, like, oh yeah, you know what's happening. And when it bang, and he turns around, I literally jumped out of the chair. Um, the same with the scene with Jonesy, with the cat. Fuck Jonesy. Yeah. Just that whole thing. Again, the alien, when, when the aliens in the, in the escape pod, yeah. and you just seem curled up and all of a sudden you just realize that the aliens there, like yeah. you're thinking it's terrifying. All, all the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All the tension's gone to her having to get away and only got a minute to go and trying to get onto the escape pod and then bang that, you know, there's movement and she has to jump back. Um, the other thing I liked just quickly was Ash's head on the table yeah. <laughs> when they're talking to him. They they fix you back up and he's talking to him. I thought that was really good. Yeah, yeah it was really well done yeah. for the, it's for fr- the time.
2: Yeah. It's practical effects as well. Yeah, there's no, it's all practical. There's no CGI. Yeah. It's all practical, which is yeah. uh, which is incredible. I, I just don't want to touch on, you mentioned at the end where on the escape pod, the alien manages to hide out. So it, when you compare this to other similar movies and Aliens is a good is a, a, a one to contrast with, you're almost like, oh, is that the end with, with this film? Because normally they, they stretch it out for so long and there's so many false endpoints that you know that uh, are just going to drag on a bit. With this one, it was almost like, oh, okay, that's how films used to end. You didn't have to continue to up the ante and and, and make it so that we were dragged on a little bit more. So even in this revisit, it was, it was quite a standout for how quick, I guess, they get to the... Demise and Ripley's able to save the day.
0: Yeah, that yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, I got the start, yeah, super measured. No one speaks for six minutes and thirty-five seconds. And that is silence plays such a part in this movie. It's the and Maddie mentioned the score, but I'm gonna mention the lack of score is, is haunting. It is the silence, and the, the the part where it makes the most sense is when Kane gets face hugged in the ship, it just cuts to silence. There is no noise. It is they then take an external shot of the ship, it then comes back to the to the Nostromo where they're dealing, where're waiting to hear what's happened. and then there's another external sh- there's no sound for about twenty seconds. and then the then it's the sound of them coming to the door. It's just incredible. It's that lack of score that it, it you it gives you the time to digest what you've just seen because you have never seen anything like that. That thing, Leaping out of the egg and, and attaching to his face is just mm. absolutely frightening.
1: Yeah, it, it is it is that lack of it there. Yeah. It just leaves it to your imagination. And the same when Dallas, you know, it jumps in front of him. And sure. That's it. It's it. And it then you cuts. don't know. It just cuts. And then you're, you're just left wondering yeah. exactly what's happened and how bad it was for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we've spoken about the set design. I love the Space Jockey. That Space Jockey set is just something that is just. It's so good. So unbelievable. Good. <laughs> and the fact that we don't know. We know nothing about that until Prometheus, right? We know Crazy. nothing.
2: How right? much money would they have spent on that setup and that yep. set design for absolutely no payoff in this movie, yep. and not yep. not knowing that there was going to be a sequel? They didn't design this thinking there was going to be a sequel. Ridley Scott wanted to blow Ripley's fucking head off at the end of this particular movie because he Damn. didn't. He wasn't thinking in terms of sequels, so amount yeah. of, uh, of, of expense that went to that just so that we were in awe of this Cecil B. DeMille style what the fuck yeah. have they just built type moment yeah. just
0: it, every time I watch it it blows me away uh, I love Bretton Parker I think they're dynamic is awesome. Right. Right. Typical union grunts. Yeah. Right. right? Uh, you know, oh. we're going to talk about the bonus. What's, what's <laughs> happening with the bonus? What about my share? Right. I, I just love the dynamic. I think without them, there's no levity in the movie at all. And they just bring such a slight part of levity, which is really needed because it's fucking grim. Yeah, right? it's Super extreme.
3: grim.
0: Super grim. Uh, the is seen. Gauss touching it again, 56 minutes into the movie. It's half the movie is gone until they the you have the face hugger and then you have the the, the chest of Fifty six minutes from the fifty six minute though, it is nonstop. It is your heart is racing for fifty six minutes. They do it feels like nothing transpires for almost an hour, and then it feels like you have run a marathon in the next hour. It's well, it's think, incredible how
2: and with filmmaking, I think that changes <laughs> in generations as well. So a good comparison is you look back at. John Wick, which is it doesn't have a lot to do with this film, but if you look at John Wick the original versus John Wick Four, John Wick looks slow compared to the the preceding uh, the 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 sequels yeah. to that film. So there's definitely, I think that every every director that came on, and it was a star-studded roll call of directors that took on the Alien franchise post Ridley Scott with James Cameron and David Fincher and that French freak and uh, his, his name escapes me, but it Junet de- or whatever. Yeah, it, it was definitely they had to up the ante. There was no way that you would be allowed to spend an hour just setting up this world and 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 setting up the inevitability for us. So, the the fact that it is still forty five years on for us, something that we can watch and be enthralled by, I think, is just absolute credit to uh, to the whole team and and really, Scott. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I got mm. Brett's death. Brett's death is amazing. The build up to oh, Brett's so death, so good, so uh, good. It, it, that whole room that the the chains the noise the water what the fuck is there water I doing know. in there right yes. this,
3: it that's
2: i i'm that's what i'm going to look at in film school for wits this week yeah. because I, I i joke a little bit with you blokes about mise en scene throughout the uh, the podcast <laughs> but we're actually going to nerd out a little this week and we're going to look at the complete uh, mise en scene of the here kitty which is what uh, what it's yeah. known as that particular scene because Every element that goes into makeup is on Sand is worth is worth deconstructing and looking at for that. But yeah, it's a yeah. beyond the chestbuster. I mean, chestbuster is known as the scene for this film. But for me, Hitty is the uh, it, it, it's what I'm left with as far as just a, an incredible flex by uh, by the director in yeah, it's how to create mm-hmm. yeah, such an inevitable death scene. That, okay, that part so- when
3: Brett when Brett looks up and actually sees like the alien swinging there in the yeah. chains. Like oh, not jump. just fucking yeah. terrifying.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Every <laughs> time. Every time too.
3: It doesn't, it, it never diluted.
0: No. Okay, Maddie, let's rock into bad. What do you got for bad?
3: Alrighty, bad. Poor use of incinerating units. Like they don't, they've got these <laughs> fucking flamethrowers and yeah. at every point they're not using them. Yeah, I get because, you know, they're going to kill the alien then it, it bleeds and acid destroys the ship. I get it. But they could give it a squirt. Like even when Parker was there, and he, you know, the back alien's backwards to him. He could have given a, a bit of a squirt, so he runs off. <laughs> he goes to hit it with a flank. I, I, yeah, so that yeah, shows me. Dumb. Um, everyone had a chance. Dallas, Parker, Ripley. Anyway, continually splitting up. It's a That's trope that a happens. That's such a trope, isn't
0: it? Just, such and they've a got trope. to do
3: it. I mean, they've got to do it, but that just annoyed me. Um, <laughs> and then the last <laughs> one was like, forget the cat. All this effort for the cat. Fuck yes. the cat off. Yeah, forget the cat. You don't need
0: it. Yeah, Jonesy. Yeah, yeah. I got a bit on Jonesy. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. We're not cat lovers here. Uh, okay, Dan, nah, what do you got?
3: No No good. Yeah,
0: me too. Me too. <laughs> Dan, take it away.
2: Couldn't agree more, Gal. I understand. <laughs> how, I understand about this agreeing. It, it feels good to to agree. <laughs> so no, that fucking cat. Like I get it. It's meant to humanise Ripley, like so she is the direct contrast to the alien, who is solely interested in its own, uh, its own well-being and and wanting to lay eggs or fuck the mouths of uh, of all the hosts that are there. (laughs) So I think that's the technical I think that's the technical term, but yeah, that cat. Every single person seen this movie is like, who on earth? Would go back and get that cat, but I I get why they did it as a a screenwriting device and and what we're meant to glean from that as far as who Ripley is. But yeah, fuck that. I fucking hate cats. Yeah,
3: nice, nice. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: G man, I had that. No one really seemed too cut up by any of the deaths on the on the ship, especially <laughs> when Kane died. Oh well. The start, they, they were kind of like, oh yeah, and they all just sat around. Yeah. Let's just shoot him out the airlock. And, and like, did anyone got anything to say? And no one said anything. Okay and then they just shot him out the back and they said they could have been sense it. they could have been, no, could have been a, game over man game over <laughs> like but there was nobody there was nobody that got hysterical there was well, that, nobody well, got, no Veronica Cartwright gets hysterical yes yeah, well, she, she lost her it too, for a bit. Yeah. she's a pain in the ass she's a pain that was the next badge. she's a bit of a pain in the ass but they did want her to be that cuz they was she was supposed to uh symbolize the audience's, you know, fears and, and worries about all of that, and she didn't well, want to play that part like that, but they that's what they wanted to do because they said you're you're encapsulating all of that for the audience, right? If anyone views me
0: in that way, can you give me a
1: swift slap across the yeah. fucking face, please? <laughs> but even like um, just all of the deaths, no one really seemed too worried. Like someone would go and they just go, oh,
0: righto. Yeah, well they were scared shitless. It was it was fight or flight, right? So it
1: was better than you than me. Yeah. The other thing I had was um, how quickly does an alien grow? I've got exactly that, yeah. exactly because that. Because it's a baby when it's, it does the it's first
0: four hours racehugger. It's and four yeah, hours. It and
1: then the next thing you know, it's fully grown.
0: And and not even that, that the, uh, the, the, the skin they pick up, that he picks up is small, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's like, he's just shed its first skin. Uh, yeah. Very quick.
1: Super quick. Tell us. And the, it hasn't eaten what, anything. Timeline. Yeah. What is the timeline on mm-hmm. this? Um, the other thing I was, I got was, um. When when Dallas was was going hunting for it, this thing moves really silently for a big beast. Like the, when it's coming towards him quickly, there's no sound at all. I mean, when they were in there trying to grab the gear, when um when they were clunking, they were clunking around and throwing yeah. oxygen tanks around, there was heaps of noise. That thing made no noise whatsoever.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's it's a silent killer. Very silent. Mm. Okay, I reckon Jonesy's in on it. Jonesy and the alien are partners, right? <laughs> It wasn't Ash; it's Jonesy. Jonesy's an android as well. I was going to say Jonesy could be an android because Jonesy was like he was mocking them to come get him to drag him into to be. He was in on it for sure. And when Ripley, th- the best part of the movie is when Ripley throws the cage that it's that Jonesy's in. I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, fuck you, Jonesy. I hope you head butted the side, right? <laughs> Jonesy is definitely in on it. Uh, okay, smoking in enclosed spaces and at dinner tables—awful. And you, you're a, you 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 got something you got a lot to do with pubs, Matty. You know you're not allowed to smoke inside anymore. Not allowed to smoke anywhere near food,
3: let alone on a thousand ton uh, hauling gas uh, refinery. Yes. yes, trying to recycle yeah. air and breathe. Yeah,
0: mate. Yeah. How many cigarettes did they smoke, yeah. Matty? What? Oh your, my
2: god. What's what's your position on Mad Men, the TV series? <laughs> love it. Fucking love oh, it. Oh, we, we may have found my brother from another mother. It's it's funny because I'm revisiting it for about the 10th time at the moment and mm. the smoking is what blows me away. The mother's smoking in front of the kids and the, uh, all of them smoking in the boardroom. <laughs> all yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I work, we all worked in pubs when we were tackers and the fact that I had to clean ashtrays as a non-smoker to get my way through oh, university foul. is pretty fucking foul. So
0: Okay. Kane's jumpsuit is shocking. The little (laughs) crochet bit in the front, like it's just how his old fella doesn't pop out of anything that he wears is the most amazing thing in the whole movie. How does anyone read the motion trackers? Yeah. Now, it's a square with different squares on it and there's dots everywhere and she's going, it's right behind you. She, She
1: just knew it was coming towards him. At a rate of not silently, like, no. Um,
3: but then she's then yeah. Then she's like, no, it's behind or the other it's way. It's behind you. Yeah, she's supposed yeah. to yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah.
0: Fucking hell. Then we mentioned about the alien getting onto the shuttle. How does the alien alien know to go and hide on the shuttle? It, it's it's been stalking everyone before that, but then it knows that it's got to go and hide on the shuttle where Ripley's going well, no, to go I, away. I,
2: I think, no, I disagree there. I think that's that's in the, the the tone of the film. This thing just wants to survive. That's its <laughs> own sole focus. And that that's why they contrasted with Ripley saving fucking cats because they're completely <laughs> polar opposite. So, no, I, I I disagree a bit with that. I can understand I, where it was coming from. As
3: I, Yeah, as Mother's destroying the ship, there's gas and things flying everywhere. The only place that doesn't have anything crazy going on is the shuttle. Yeah. So, it's gone into the shuttle.
2: Hey, hey. Ooh.
3: I hey. think
0: that's hey. Dan hey. and the new mate hey. delivering you a... Hey, <laughs> hey W-A, hey, W-A, you're hey. on a short fucking leash, mate, right? Yes, sir. I got one last one, and it's to do with the shuttle again. Why does she turn her back on the alien in the shuttle? So when it is coming out and it's mm. coming towards her, she turns her back to the alien.
2: Why? I, How I does she know? This. I can oh, answer I can, this. Please, no. Daniel, go for it. No, when Gao and I on our travels, oh. we, uh oh, yeah, oh, we, geez, were... we had some travels, <laughs> more didn't we? I mean, look, it was we we saw the world together, and it was quite incredible. And it, it kind of, I mean, it's it's forged our bond for our oh. entire lives. So at one particular time, we were both living and working at Apex Mountain in in Canada, Shit. and we were we've never yeah, heard about this. Yeah, we were we were in the ski industry, and uh, we you know professional snow sports professionals, but. Uh as a side hustle, we uh we both did we both work in the bar gal or it just me yeah. that worked in the bar? No, I think because you did as well. Yeah, but No, we, I was the
1: doorman. I was so, the doorman, remember? You what, worked yeah, in the bar, yeah. No,
2: no, no, but so I, as far as turning your back and thinking that you're hidden. So at yeah, one stage fucking... We were we were oh,
1: we the were greatest
2: f- We were flogging food out of the kitchen and uh, running it out the back to scurry back to our accommodation at the Gun Barrel Saloon. But I sensed that there was a presence that was about to spring me stealing this food. And instead of keeping an eye on it uh, in order to hide, I did exactly what Ripley did. And I turned my head and stuck my head underneath a bench and (laughs) basically thought invisible ostrich.
1: Yeah, he he, full, he stuck his head down into the ground and went. Hopefully, they won't see me. It's that, a, so, mind you, so, so it was what? About fifteen schooners. So, yet. hang on a
0: minute. <laughs> so, what you're telling me is that Ripley turned her back on the alien because she's a fuckwit.
2: That's that. Yeah, pretty much. I think <laughs> if you if you pause play here, you can see exactly. No, All it right. was it was what any sane, sensible fifteen schooners deep person would okay. do at that time All to right. turn okay. themselves invisible. So okay. geez, how oh, are good times, Gow?
1: Oh, tell Amazing. You what, tell you what, there was a few hijinks after that that night too.
3: Yeah, for another time. Okay.
0: Anyway, Maddie uh, uh, over there in uh, WA, uh, what do you got for ugly? You got anything?
3: Okay, so ugly. I had a couple already. Had the you mentioned the smoking? that's yes, terrible. nice. Yes, uh, loved it and hated it. Um, <laughs> Ash's reboot. So the the fake uh, the fake head that they made for Ash, uh, the synthetic, the way they kind of did it actually shrank the head, and then it wouldn't yep. sit properly. So the cutting of the the fake to the real head. Was shit. And every it's time I watch abrupt,
0: it, it's pretty abrupt, isn't it? Yeah. Do
2: you think my, that's, 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 we're looking at that with 2023 cinema eyes. Like, I think in 1979, you're not picking up on that cut. But I, I totally agree. I saw it this week when it's I, uh, yeah, and it is jarring. Yeah. But I think at the time on the big screen, you're probably not thinking, oh, geez, they fucked that up.
3: Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But every time I watch it, my overs, I, what were your overs and unders? Oh, was, 100. 100. Yeah. Easy. So every time yeah. I see that, I'm like, oh, geez, just fix that yeah. up. It's jarring. Um, <laughs> so, it up. Yeah. Just cut to something else in the, anyway. Um Wait, sorry yeah, Matt, up, before though, you,
2: before you go on, we've spoken about aliens a lot and we drop aliens calls where do you sit on aliens
3: versus alien? I I'm all over the shop but at the at the moment right now aliens is is slightly yeah. above for me. I understand. That's, that's we just, what we got to. Yeah. That's what we got yeah. to, Matty. My my over's on that would be huge, probably more yeah. than alien as well. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Good fucking call. Yep. So if I don't mind, okay, so, there you
2: go. So, so that's yeah. that's the ugly uh for Maddie. What about you, Dan? What do you got? Anything for ugly? No, I had absolutely had nothing for ugly. No, I I I whilst I am an agreeer like Gal, I don't have anything for ugly at this time.
0: Uh G
2: Man,
1: ugly. I agree that I have nothing for ugly.
0: <laughs> okay. I've got I've got one thing for ugly. So Ash is an Android super smart robot choking with a magazine. What is the go with that? I've never understood the choking with the magazine. I know it looks great. Don't get me wrong. It looks great. Just choker. Right. Yeah. of was like was, he lost
1: his, lost it from it. Didn't he? Like he went west. He, lo- he loses it. Yeah. Don't worry
2: about that. I mm. think it was deaf. It was just aligned with the ongoing theme of sexual violence yeah. And rape and everything to do with phallic.
3: It was oh, violation. You know, yeah, it, def- yeah, it yeah. was definitely.
2: Viol- I think that that's the only explanation for it. Because yes, you would mm-hmm. totally agree. It, it seems strange for an android who could. You would think like a chimpanzee just rip her head off like a fucking. Willie nearly chicken. temple
0: of dooms. Yeah, Parker's chest, right?
2: <laughs> Molarum.
0: Yeah, it never. Molarum. It tells how he it, yeah. Him,
1: right? <laughs> he does too. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. No, I, it was strange. But if you look back, everything in the film, especially from Geiger Giga, looks like either a dick or a vagina the entire mm-hmm. time. And the the face, chest buster, fa- sorry, the face fucker is, uh, is definitely uh, uh, thematically linked to sexual deviance and rape. And I think it's just an ongoing theme throughout. So that, that was my take on it but um it could be like when you read a novel in high school and the teacher says what's the symbolism of the blue door and the fucking writer tells everyone i just needed to pick a fucking color for the door and it was blue so yeah. uh yeah <laughs> could be yeah. post-rationalization of uh, by us but yeah that, that's my take
0: well i'll tell you what that's the end maddie how was it how was your first dabble into uh born to
3: watch mate unreal Unreal. I, uh, yeah, feel very privileged. Come back anytime, anytime.
0: Mate, we, we, we've enjoyed having you. Now, what are you going to rate? What are you rating, Alien? What I, are you going to give
3: I, up? I, look, it's, uh, it's been so special for so long from when sneaking past a lounge room when I was, you know, six or seven and parents telling me to get out but still looking over the couch to see yeah. it. Yeah. And then actually watching it, you know, later on was uh, completely terrifying. So... It can't be anything but a five. It's,
1: oh, it's nice work! Five
3: all day.
0: Yeah, yeah, good call.
3: It would be unjust anything anything less than that. Yep.
0: Yeah. Okay. I love your work, mm. matey. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, for for joining the Born to Watch team, uh, not only here tonight but just uh, following us the whole time and being such a great supporter of the podcast and and uh, making your, your your snide comments about Gow and Dan on on. Yeah, just between you and I, on, on yeah. the social media, which is great.
3: Oh, yeah, what did I piss you Can't off about the myself. other week? <laughs> Mate, the that's two point five on Ironman. Yeah, oh, that's what it was. What that, was yeah.
2: that was sick, out, yeah. <laughs> That was sick. I was with you. Yeah, I knew that, that was sick. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, oh Maddie, and-
2: you've you've classed the join up, mate. Thank you for uh, for turning up tonight. I feel like I've got a kindred spirit over there in the West. So when uh, when uh, we probably should start our own pod without these two shit cunts. So yeah, uh, uh, maybe yeah, we can yeah. talk about that offline. Hey,
1: Absolutely. hey, Morgs, maybe we need some we need some travels over to the WA. Oh, that's we killed of the travels.
2: I mean- I've done a bit of good work over there. But, yes, you, you and I should probably do our 25th anniversary tour and uh, and start off in Perth. So yeah, The, pubs, nice. was,
0: the, the
3: pubs are waiting. You do a podcast excellent. from one of the pubs. Yeah, yeah, we'd excellent. love that.
0: We'd love that. No, okay, thanks Matty, thanks, thanks much, so much guys. for your time, bud. I uh, Appreciate it. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon.
3: Thanks, Matty. Thank you so much. See you, guys. Bye. That was, that was pretty successful. Good. Yeah, we could talk shit about him when he's not here.
0: Jeez, I tell you, 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 you give a guy a little bit of fucking rope.
2: That was a disappointment. Uh, Fucking
0: hell. I thought he'd be way better than that. Jab he look, it on. Ugh, he looked something.
2: like the, the cover art for the Descendants album. Like fucking those. Who, what were those who? fucking glasses? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes.
0: that's my fault. That's my fault. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Anyway, so that was it for Good, the Bad, the Ugly. And now we're going to move into Dan's Quickfire.
2: Yes, fellow monument uh, Monumentous occasion. You can obviously... Gauge that this is a pretty special film for all of us, but let's have a look at Quick Fire. You know how it goes. First and foremost, a little birdie's been telling me that I've been getting a pizzling (laughs) in the lookalike. So, just to clarify, lookalike is not just what shit cunts look like me, it's meant to be about who out of the film looks like someone else with a bit of fame about them. So, as far as lookalikes go, gents, there's not many, not many, not many humans in this. Film, so it's a bit of a tough one. Was there anyone that uh, that that you thought? Oh, actually, that looks a bit like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harry, Harry Dean, Dean Stanton looks like you. All right, we've we've heard from that one note song for quite a bit, but uh, I can understand it. He does have quite a conker, uh, and uh, Is- he has a Paul pol- Sean for the trucker's hat. Yes, Mastro- that was more I it. it. I think yeah. that's more it. It's that's the it. shit trucker hat that. It looks like
0: he's in from Ronald McDonald House. That's it.
2: <laughs> it's it's a terrible look. I still run it to this day. Good work, me. Good work, Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, that's not a knife for Good a work, scene me. that is passed over into popular culture, à la Michael J. Crocodile Dundee in the seminal Crocodile Dundee film. Uh, anything? I don't know. Like, I mean, the chest chest burst scene itself would have to be one of the most famous. Horror scenes, but is it? Would you call it popular culture, though? I don't know.
1: I don't. Well, I don't been, know if everybody would know that. It's probably nah. been harried it a bit. Uh, I think yeah. if you, it's it's difficult
0: for a scene for this movie. But if you went for the alien itself, if you went for Ellen Ripley as in strong female lead in an action movie, you went for that sort of. And then obviously the tagline the in tag space. Line. No one can hear your screen. Yeah, they're, they're the three things that I sort of came up with in regards to a scene. I'm I'm with you, Dan. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. Yeah. That, uh, there's not many scenes that you would say that is uh, quintessentially just known for alien.
2: No, no, no. I, tell, I, I couldn't agree with you. Whereas,
0: more. whereas I would think that with aliens, it could be get away from her. You bitch. It could There's Absolutely. a couple there's, yes. uh, game over, man, you know, uh, much man. more. Mate. And when you get We're to quotables, by the hell. Yeah, but yeah. you'll get Go to quotables. There's not a lot of quotables, on. right? No. Not a lot of quotables, which means really not pop culture.
2: Yep, agreed. Yep. Moving on, Philip Stuckey in Pretty Woman, Jason Alexander's douchebag character for a actor or, sorry, character in the cast as a bit of a douchebag has to be Ash. Has to be Ash. Oh, it's there's Ash. Not, there's no one else to do. And uh, he does very well, old Bilbo Baggins, it's certainly. And it's one that if you love this film as much as we do and you go back and rewatch it, watching Ash like, uh, sorry, Whitey, said he did in his latest revisiting, it's it's really enlightening because you can see from the get-go that he's just not phased the whole time. He's got his own agenda and that's what yeah. he's working to. So. Yeah, nah. What a cockhead. Well played in whom uh, the cast of Caddyshack. I mean, there's fuck all cast in this film, so it's hard for them not to get the tone. But, Whitey, again, you made a good point earlier on where it felt like they had been able to create a, create a bond of colleagues that worked together super quickly. You didn't feel that anyone didn't get the tone of it. So I think that uh, it, it would be hard to say that no one gets the tone of this particular oh. film.
0: All I'm hearing here is a lot of whitey. You're you're going pretty fucking great in this podcast.
2: It does great.
0: I image. could be MVP. <laughs> Are you agreeing with Morgs about yourself? I'm agreeing that I'm pretty great.
2: Uh, I'm agreeing that I'm pretty great. You could be OPP.
0: You down with OPP?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know me. Move on. You, Damo would be uh, shattered by that lack of rhythm. <laughs> but uh, moving on, Olivia Newton-John's cartwheel at the Pepper Alley in Greece. For a particularly heinous show of athletic prowess, nothing really stood out in Alien. I know that in subsequent films we can take the piss out of Ellen Ripley's yes. style, but in this one I think it was all handled well and we didn't feel like people didn't have a grasp on their job or their well, ability she, to.
0: She doesn't have to run in this movie. She, I've yeah. said she's serviceable in this
1: movie.
2: That's it. That's
0: <laughs> it.
1: The, the other one really was Kane when he fell down under the under the vape level.
0: Oh, yeah. the eggs. Yeah, that was a bit corky, but... Yeah.
1: But I don't think they needed that because he, he had to slip yeah. under to find out he the eggs to... were there.
0: So, just on that, while we get... To, was that Do you reckon they are... Uh, because I said there's like a fine mist yeah. and there's like a laser and that, that it broke and it made sounds. Do you reckon that the sound alerted the eggs that there was prey? Do you know what I mean? Like, is, is that what Because when he was, broke it was the sound... Yeah. When he broke the barrier of the mist, or, there was a squeaky sound.
2: Was that so the, a- the, the gestation period for these things—I mean, they're sitting around just being fugly, <clears throat> uh, uh KY jelly-filled eggs mm. for eternity, by the look of it, until something actually turns up and follows the beacon. So, yes, I think that that would be a uh, worth—and again, agreeing with Whitey, I think I'm going to have to change tack for the good. second half of the pod. But MVP. yes, probably, probably MVP. a good call there. Come on, gal. yeah, say something poignant. Yeah, we. Baby's teeth, Yeah we. okay. All right, good job. Um, Robot Sentries stealing from the sequel to Alien 4, a scene or scenes that you wanted to see in the film in maybe a director's cut that would tell you a little bit more about the predicament they're in. Now, interestingly enough, this film does have a director's cut that adds quite a few scenes that don't necessarily tell us more about the predicament, but I reckon probably are spoilers for the Aliens movie that I don't think are necessary. So the one I'm thinking yeah. of is that there, there is a deleted scene on YouTube, which you can see, which has Ripley finding at the end when she's go, she's walking around with her flamethrower, she comes across a dead Brett and a still-alive Dallas getting read up set up in the cocoons. And if you think of aliens, it's when they find yeah. And it's 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 a great scene. And it, it would have been if it was a standalone film, it would have been a good addition. But all it does is still from the thunder of the aliens movie when the same thing happens. So I don't mm, think it's necessary. Yeah. What about you guys? Did you want to know anything else?
0: I, I've got here, I don't think a DC is required here. I don't think a director's cut's necessary. Funnily enough, Dan, the, the Plex version of of this movie has the Dallas scene in it.
2: Ah, you just... Oh, interesting. Okay. oh no, I, watched, I didn't watch I the watched, I watched yeah. it on Disney, so,
1: yeah. Yeah, 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 so did I. So it has the Dallas no, scene no, no. in
2: it. So,
0: And that's the only scene. Okay. And the director's cut
1: is the only scene. There's nothing else. I don't think there's anything you really need to add to this because it, it tells the whole story in, in that slow, suspenseful way. Well, I think so you, you really don't want, want to know. know. You really understand where you're at with it.
0: Yeah, I think you don't want to know yeah. what happens to them.
1: No, uh, you don't want to know. But that, that's know. But that's part of the mystique is that you don't know. I
2: disagree with you completely, Gail.
0: <laughs> uh, Such a fuck with
2: anyway. Nice one, G Man. Uh, finally, why is Brad Pitt for the actor you'd most like to be burping the worm in the mole hole with? Now, I don't know exactly what that one means, but it sounded fucking pretty good. cool. So, yeah, it sounds uh, I mean, it, that's it's a bit like all- you know
0: what that Dan, you know what that's a bit like? That's a bit like the magazine in the mouth. It's, I'm not really
2: sure what's going on here. Inexplicable. But I think I've got yeah, an idea. Yeah. That's it. So yeah. I mean, look, at Ripley in her uh, in, in her twelve-year-old girl's undies. Uh, interesting, um, but I. Don't, it's not. You know, you're not meant to think of any of these characters. As sex symbols at all? No. Like they're meant to be. They're toughened space truckers, essentially. So it's it's difficult. But uh, you know, obviously Ellen Ripley is a beautiful woman, but I don't. You don't come away from this film thinking about rooting.
0: It's the last thing on your mind when she's in the shuttle and she's in the singlet yeah. and the panties. Mm. Uh, you're not thinking about the substantial bush that's going on under there. Yeah, you're, you're thinking about she's going to get mauled to death.
2: Just for for our young. And babies, then the bush. Our younger listeners. So back in the 70s, 80s and, and some 90s, uh, people used to have pubic hair on over yes. their genitalia. So, uh, But obviously now there, there hasn't been pubes seen since, um, since 1997. So yes. it's interesting to go back and revisit this as film lovers.
0: Yes, definitely, Daniel. Well done, Daniel. Another cracking quick fire. We're going to move into Listen to This, G-Man. Take it away.
1: All right, I've got one for you. The working title of this movie was called Starbeast. Certainly was. Um, but Dan O'Bannon didn't like it and changed it to Alien because when he saw the number of times it came up in the scripts, uh, that they changed that name, which I think I don't think Starbeast has anywhere near the, the right name. Alien
0: such a cool name. Yeah,
1: such a uh, cool name. The original cut of this movie ran for three hours and 12 minutes. I'd really like to see that. Yeah. That's, that's a long movie. Yeah,
0: I'd like to see it once. Yeah, because
1: it's a slow movie. It's three yeah. hours, 12 minutes of that. Wow.
0: Must have been a lot of them talking about what they were tugging
1: through the space. Maybe, yeah. You know? you know the, the... tuggy. <laughs> Slum-up tuggy. Uh... There was, look, there was some, They there was talk about having some sex scenes in this, having casual sex, because that's what they were well, supposed Dallas to and do. Well, Dallas and uh, Ripley were supposed to.
0: Have a sex scene at one yeah, stage, yeah.
1: Because they were talking about what they do... What do they do? This, oh, yeah, being out there for so long, and they, they all have... Well, don't all, but they there's bouts of casual sex going on. It'd be, it
2: a, bit, be. It'd be a bit swampy after 10 months of sleep.
0: <laughs> Straight to the showers. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a scrub. So the chest-bursting... I'm going to run on here because Gal's struggling. The chest-bursting scene, although it looks like it was filmed in one take, was not filmed in one take. In saying that, the... Uh, the first time the burst is trying to get through, it's actually, that fucks up. It was supposed to actually yes. come through the first time. So when it just breaks the the surface, that was actually supposed to go all the way through, but it didn't, which actually yeah. adds to the to the fear. And then so they then cut and they go yeah. back and they do it again and they fill it all with bloods and guts. Shit comes out and that's all awful and real blood and shit that goes all over their face and the reactions are real. Now, anyone that knows anything about this movie knows that, that those reactions were real. Like Veronica Cartwright... Legitimately almost has a fucking heart attack, yeah. when this happens, and and they were in shock. Yaffert Kodo, after the scene, went off and was got and went missing for like minutes just to fucking recover.
1: So well, they had so much blood in it and they didn't know that was the extent of the blood or what direction they had it going straight at them too. and that's why, yeah, her, her reaction is super real, yeah, when you watch it. It's
0: excellent, so good, so good. J- uh, Dan, this is this is one of your go-tos. you got
2: anything? Yeah, we we dropped quite a few tidbits in this already, but one of them I thought was pretty funny, and, and we alluded to it originally. But uh, Dan O'Bannon and and Ronald Shusett, who were the the, the writers, the, the original script writers, they couldn't they they pieced together most of the script, but they couldn't work out how to get the beast onto the spaceship. And it was really freaking them out. Like, they didn't know how to make it not schlocky and uh, and really elevate it beyond that B-movie be be present. So they'd reached an impasse and, until one night, Shuset woke up in a cold sweat, apparently. And he jumped on the phone. He called her back immediately. He said, I've got it. The alien jumps on one of their faces and fucks them. Yes, so yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was literally how they they got to that whole um, the the, the face hugger scene. So it was and in abandon. Didn't think it was a madman. and he was like, "My God, that's it. That's exactly how we do it." So the whole sexual theme that was, I guess, taken on another level by Geiger's uh, uh, necromaniac originating artwork, and um and and obviously the alien stills and everything that come from it. They actually. Took carried out research into insects to, uh, and they took inspiration from braconid wasps, which apparently lay their eggs inside caterpillars. So uh, slowly, the idea developed from there. But that was actually how they got across uh, a hole in the plot that um, it became what was that thing, fucking Kane's face uh, in the end.
0: Yeah, nice. Do you mean? No, I've I've done one. Yeah, I'm okay. all
2: good. We talked about the space jockey and.
0: That was the twentieth Century Fox didn't want that in the movie because it was just obviously so huge and has got so much money. But Ron Cobb, who was the uh, who was the conceptual artist, actually drew that and was like, No, you've got to keep this in. It's gonna be the shot of the movie that's gonna be remembered. And to be honest, it's such a powerful like part of the movie, that scene. It's unforgettable. The space well, jockey was, scene. Yeah,
2: it's it's really interesting that for this film that there are actually four different sets of conceptual artists that they use in creating the uh, the art direction for the film. So, uh, Giger obviously you can tell exactly when it's his input because you see the alien spaceship and you see the alien itself and everything that it looks. In that dripping with really phallic and really sexualized uh, um it, it obviously comes out as a gigoresque but the the Nostroma was designed by another team and then the the space jockey was designed by uh, a, another team again so it was very unusual to have so many exceptional elite uh, art production and uh, art directors working on uh, the one film
0: absolutely. Anyone get anything else? Nope? nope. Okay, well
1: done. Notable quotables. G-Man, you got anything? I didn't have any quotables for this movie. There's not really many. I've got a couple passages. Dan, you got anything? No,
2: I'm a gal. There wasn't... I didn't feel that it was a film I, I quite like the fact that it doesn't have a lot of quotes that have passed over that you would use mm-hmm. like it, we aren't quoting alien to each other at any time in our lives whereas aliens we haven't stopped quoting for the last 30 years yeah. so yes yeah. so i think that that's that's the distinction
1: yeah there's some long passages but there's nothing that's a real quote that stands out because that that's that's yeah. iconic uh,
0: i just love parker he's rep- uh, Think we should discuss the bonus situation? I <laughs> <Just> love that. <laughs> yeah, over and over. I loved. I loved the bit which sort of gives you an, an insight and in where you get the. Uh, I guess when you think of aliens, is mother? I've turned the cooling unit back on, mother. The ship will automatically self-destruct oh, in t minus yeah. five minutes. Ripley, you bitch! So <laughs> uh, she's got a dinner. The other thing is 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 the the bit that I really liked when, uh, Ripley Ash. Any suggestions from you or mother? Ash? No, we're still collating. Ripley, (laughs) you're what? You're still collating? I find that hard to believe. What would you like me to do? Just what you've been doing, Ash. Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) She's she's quite wise as to what's going on. Yeah, She's not a fan. No, she hates him. And, you know, quite rightfully so. We're flying through them now. Film school for F-Wits. Dan, take it away.
2: Hello, F-Wits. Thank you. Uh, Look, this week, you you may have noticed that sometimes with Film School for F-Wits, it feels like I may have just done it in the 30 seconds before we get on air. But this week, I think we're going to nerd out a little because I think we should take a detailed look at the mise-en-scene of a, a scene that is... Huge to me, and, and certainly it is something that I draw upon a lot when I'm both writing my own scripts and chatting to my fellow colleagues in the industry. But it's the here kitty scene, and uh, first of all, I mean just uh, mise en scène. Mise en scène is a French term, and it means essentially putting on stage. So what it what it means in film, it combines all the elements such as lighting, composition, art direction, costuming, makeup, and texture, and and it's almost everything that happens in front of the cap. With the camera in a particular scene, so it's everything that a director chooses to include in a particular scene. So you can sound really cool at your next dinner party or grabbing a kebab after you've been on the piss <laughs> and talk about the mise en scene of a particular scene. So I, the 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 chest burster scene is the most famous film with within this uh, this incredible film bar none. But here, Kitty, which is the demise of Brett, is my favourite film. So we're going to go through that a bit. So. What basically? Uh, I mean, as far as w- why it's worth revisiting, it's just a it's it's something that really showcases as much of what Ridley Scott shows us as much as what he hides hides from us. So he really is, it uses our imagination to make what is terrifying. And it's a really Hitchcock style of filmmaking. So we're often told as to screenwriters to show, not tell. And I think this is an exact way to uh, to show that, and how that is transcribed into film by not the, the the aliens only in the whole film for four minutes, so it's definitely the uh, our imagination that what really makes the scene terrifying. So the, the, there's many elements though that go into this mise en scène. So first of all, let's look at the set design and the location. So we talked a lot about the Nostromo, but if you think about other sci-fi films of the time, like Star Wars, like Buck Rogers in the Twenty Fifth Century, like the like other sci-fi films like Star Trek. Everything was a bit more toned. Like a, a, the style was a little bit more futuristic. It was a little bit more crisp. It was highlighting principle. It wasn't like truckers in space, and it wasn't industrial and gritty. But that's the, the difference that Ridley Scott was able to bring to the entire film, partic- particularly this set. So if you think about here, Kitty, it's an industrial, exposed mechanicals of the ship that we, we've seen. It's not. It's not like the executive deck on on Star Trek where You've got Mister Spock, and you've got uh, you, you, you've got fucking William Shatner there directing everything, and they're in their onesies, and you've got the guy in the onesie that's not the same.
0: G'day, guys. It's Whitey. What I'm doing? I'm going to save you a hell of a lot of pain and boredom. Gow and I nearly fell asleep during Dan's film school for Fwits, so we're going to cut it short. If you want to listen to it. We're going to upload it to YouTube with a little film clip for him as well. We're going to leave a bit in at the end, which explains why this film school for F-Wits seemed like it went for as long as the actual movie itself. Here's a cut-down version with a few highlights of this week's film school for F-Wits. People like Strangles, maybe even Matty Geek, might want to head to YouTube to see the whole thing. For the majority of you, you're welcome.
2: ...you know he's going to die. But it's, they're, they're pretty much just... Workers on, on this, and, and, and Brett epitomises that with his trucker hat and his, uh, his Hawaiian shirt. So it's dirty, it's grimy, it's not what we normally see in sci-fi, and it, it's not clean and futuristic. Fear of the, the frame that he doesn't want in focus oh, yet. He uses that depth of field to uh, to to really draw on that. Mizzol real high-key lighting that you see in the mother scenes where it's all the blipping lights and white. And and apparently one issue that came out of it was all the cameras had focus issues because of the extreme low light. Makes part of the Mizzol as well. So that slow pacing, similar to Film School for Fuckwits this week, really built... Really builds the tension. First glimpse of Jonesy the cat. That's when he releases tension. One of the things Whitey touched on earlier. And Gal, you could probably say things a bit more poignant. And I would fucking, I would agree with you a bit more. But in this particular episode, it's all about Whitey. But he talked about the sound design. So there you go, F-Wits. I know that was slightly longer than ever. And slightly more nerd-like than ever. But sometimes (laughs) you just have to fucking kneel down and learn. Boys. Just Okay, mate.
0: Congratulations! It's I love it when I see that you've put some effort into yeah, into the podcast. It's not going to happen podcast. very often. It's not going to happen. And this is, but what I've seen tonight is that you've put sixty nine episodes worth of effort into this film school for fuckwits. Well, and you've and you've knocked it out of the park, right? I'm not I'm not going to
2: do I'm not going to do a film school for fuckwits on Dirty Dancing, you fuckwits. So I just have to pick the right film in which to flex my chops. Now, I, look,
1: sorry, I just I just thought it was awesome you talked about the mise en and you were able to, to go from alien and then morph it into the never-ending story. As well. <laughs> Dan, now, just to, one last question before we move on. Uh, I know we've,
0: we've, we've almost done the time limit on this segment, but correct me if I'm wrong. I feel somewhere in your past, you may have done something on this exact scene and that is something that you have done previously and not something that you have solely prepared for tonight.
2: Well, it would be dis- disingenuous of me <laughs> to not reveal that this was a high distinction in my San class at the University of Technology Sydney that yeah. made up one hundred percent of this particular segment. So, yes, finally, <laughs> something that I learned at university has been proved useful, and it's probably the only time in my life. So, thank you.
0: Well played, Daniel. This is about as long as your university stint too star of the show, G-Man.
1: I'm going to go with Sigourney Weaver here. I thought for a second movie, she just did really well in this role. She plays it really, really well. I think she just captures it. And, And the fact that we talked about earlier, the whole second half of the movie gets put onto her. Like she's got to carry that whole thing on her own. Everyone's gone. It's a really tough thing to do. And I think she does a really, really good job of it. Yep and it sets her up into Alien 2 which is fantastic in as well absolutely uh, Daniel
2: Yeah there's so many standouts in this but I'm actually going to give it to that Swiss freak HR Giga I don't think this film exists Without the nightmarish vision that this Swiss uh, Swiss artist was able to bring, he's actually quoted as saying he hated going to sleep because he was scared of his own nightmares, and you can see it in what he contributes to the film as far as the art direction in in the alien spaceship scenes and the alien itself. So I think Ridley Scott's brilliant. I think I agree with Gow, one hundred percent. Gow, there's an agree for you that that this sets up a female heroine that becomes probably our favourite in all of movies after this particular movie, but I just think that it's very difficult to elevate this. So just to even take a further step back, so Roger Corman, the king of B-movies, actually optioned this movie originally from Dan Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusett. So it could have been a shitty B-movie, but... It just threw a, a stroke of luck and, and the the incredible uh, bringing together of so many uh, below-the-line production elements and also a great cast. It was actually elevated beyond what would be a normal B-movie, nineteen fifty schlock horror uh, film. And I think that H.R. Giger, whilst, uh, whilst a, a part of that, I just think it's his his vision of the alien that is just so unique. That is what stays with you after this film
0: yeah good call we're gonna we're gonna split in 3s so I'm going to go Ridley Ridley Scott. I think that I agree again. I'm the Gowdy Greer guy. Sigourney Weaver is incredible. you can't you're hundred percent right, Dan. you cannot have this movie without the the mind of h r. Geiger without him, it doesn't exist. but I think you can also say the same for Ridley Scott. They needed to find a uh, a director with with that vision of of that lived in vision, you know, like he wanted it to be real. It was not, it was, it was, they, sci-fi would never really been done this way before. Like sure. It took what you saw in a new hope where it was, where stuff was lived in and stuff was worn and old and just doubled down on that. And I think that what he did with the handheld stuff, what he did with building the suspense, what he did with, it's all from him. That's his vision to have no score. It's his vision to have low light. It's all him. And, sure i don't think that the movie works without any of our stars of the show but for me just ridley scott for a second movie to do this and just turn a whole genre upside down and create it's very it's it's hard to argue that this isn't the best movie that he's done yeah it's yeah. It, it's hard to argue against that like he's made some incredible movies and and movies again that have defined genres
2: and but these, this the academy and I'm I'm still trying to to be the torchbearer and and actually make it into the academy so that I can start to to recognize films like this but sci-fi films and especially sci-fi films in 1979 directors were not recognized like they didn't give a shit about it like they wanted completely dramatic films to dominate all of the acting categories and the director categories but absolutely whitey like this is groundbreaking in every sense of the world and uh what he was able to do on a, on a relatively small budget was was redefine what a, a sci-fi horror trope could look like
3: yeah
0: well done okay so we split it there alien it's obviously been a cum contest here tonight we can't throw any more platitudes at this movie We we obviously all really love this movie Groundbreaking. It's created the best, one of the best sequels of all time and one of our favourite movies of all time. I couldn't imagine my life without having this movie in it. It's incredible. I'm so glad that I pirated that movie in 1987 and it led me down the path of of this of this franchise, which has had diminishing returns over time. But one of the strongest one and two punches in cinematic history with Alien and Aliens, there's no doubt. So that's going to take us into The rank bank. I've got a couple options here for you. If always, I'd, I'd like to get uh, some feedback. Uh, malfunctioning android science officers, snide complicit cats, chest bursters, fatal facials, annoying hysterical crew members, and expendable crews.
2: Anyone got anything? Oh, I like expendable crews. What about you, G?
1: Yeah, I like that. Or, or chest bursters. But expendable cruise, I'm good with. Oh, it's, got to, it's really got to be
2: chest I think it's got to be chest bursters. I think I mean, it's got to be chest bursters. That's the, the, the pinnacle scene from this film. So do it.
0: What we're going to do, we're going to throw uh, Maddie's five in there. Right? We might as well. Yeah. So yeah. We've, we've thrown his five in there. So uh, I'm going to start with you up there on the land, Dan. How many chest bursters are you giving Alien?
2: Yeah, Matty Biggy he seems like a particularly sick cunt, and I agree with him. It's a five for me as well. It couldn't be anything else. This is an incredible film, and if you don't love it, fuck off and listen to something else.
1: Okay, well done, G-Man. Well, this is a great movie, Morgs, but you may have lost it for me a little bit in that that last third. <laughs> just, uh, just remember, you drew first blood, Morgs. <laughs> No, I'm just joking. Um, no, this is a this is a great movie. It's it's just an all time classic. I'm going 4.5. Chest oh,
2: 4.5. That's a big score for you. You're, you're particularly uh, uh, it's hard to get anything above the 4.25. So mm. real good call, G money.
0: This is an interesting one for me because I need to leave some wiggle room here because I think Aliens is a better movie than this. So I'm giving Alien. Four point nine
1: five. And plenty of wiggle room. And, and and I and I was
0: and I was very close to giving this four point nine nine, but I thought, no, we'll stick to the fives. We'll stick to the fives. Uh so I, I love this movie. It's so fucking good. Uh it's just it's It's probably a five movie, but it doesn't really leave me any wiggle room for the sequel, which I'm giving away what I'm going to give the sequel (laughs) when we do that one. But anyway, G-Man, that is going to be something
1: special for Alien. Okay, this brings us in at 4.86 chest bursters, right above LA Confidential at 4.83 chair pisses, (laughs) and just below our equal number ones, Star Wars and Goodfellas, who all got fives. No, nice. so they they were yeah. all five. So this is in third spot. Into yeah. third spot goes Alien. Yeah, I so that's a great, that's it. a it's deserved. deserved spot. For, Deserves to be
0: there. Well, I tell you what, we've we haven't had a really good ranking movie in a while. Really, like that's that's high. That's high. Four point one seven, The Matrix. But other than that, we haven't been over four for many weeks.
1: I'd, I'd also just like you to acknowledge my seamless work on the mate. You were quick tonight. Sheet tonight. Yeah. I could see you were in there. Oh yeah, no, I got it, it ready early. Didn't have to spend three minutes going through. I could see you in there, Gow, Dan. You don't listen to the podcast, but
0: Gao is notoriously shit uh, at at the uh, at this. And normally we have to have a massive cut, and then we have to wait five minutes while Gao does this. But well done, G. Now, if you loved Alien, what are you gonna love, uh, Dan? What do you
2: got? This is so. This was a tough one. I, I went back through, and it, because it was so unique. I just went down the path of what other films kind of blew me away for being when I saw them the first time thinking, fuck, that was different. And we talked about it a tiny bit on this film, but – it's it's not one you would have thought. It's called Children of Men. Now we always fucking talk about Children of Men. Sorry, it's not Children of Men. But you should fucking watch Children of Men. But no, the other one that I thought actually wow, that was so unique was a a low budget film as well, also shot in the UK, but many 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 uh, decades after, and it's called Attack the Block. So yeah. it's uh it was the first outing for John Boyega who John Boyega. obviously yeah was in was in the most recent drivel of, of Star Wars reboots but don't hold that against him. So this is um Edgar Wright who you might know as a uh a, a, has been a director in, in a lot of great UK films over the years, but his writing partner Joe Cornish actually directs this, and it, it's built around a simple premise of what if aliens invaded the wrong part of the city. And what I really like about it is that I had no idea what it was going to be about when I when I first saw it, but the fact that the, uh, the protagonists at the start, you fucking cannot stand. They're just these London thugs who you think, how could I possibly have any interest in these kids? You want to see them get eaten by whatever the fuck is terrorising this block, but they, they slowly... Take over and uh, and become who you root for in in the end. So definitely worth a revisit if you haven't seen it or I haven't seen it in a long time. Attack the block, but not not thematically linked to Alien, but definitely uh, interesting films that when you see for the first time you think, "Fuck,
1: that's different." Yeah, good choice, G man. Look, we talked about it earlier, but the one that just strikes me is the thing. Now it's just so they're so similar, you know. Aliens, one's obviously on on the in the ice base. This one's in the spaceship. But the storylines, the tension, the way they build that up, um, seventy nine versus eighty two, very very similar time frames of the movie as well. Yeah. Um, you know the thing is such an outstanding film, uh, but it it really is very similar in the in that setup and, and the way that that both movies are portrayed. So yeah, that that for me is the one. If you if you really like Alien, go and watch that. Yeah, good call, Gow. Very good call. Okay, I've got one. Not sure whether either of you would have seen this, but it's called
0: Cloverfield Lane.
1: Yes, is I that, was
2: actually going to say, that, say first, that. Is that the first one or the second
0: one? No, that's the. Se- it's the second one. It's and it's actually right. not even. It's sort of loosely.
2: Yeah, It's al- not, it's not with really it? a sequel. Yeah, it was a no. Post- it's not, but it, rationalized it, sequel. Yeah,
0: it stars it stars John Goodman and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's Mrs. Yep. Ewan McGregor. Yep. A young woman is held in an underground bunker by a man who insists that a hostile event has left the surface of the earth uninhabitable. Uh, this is scary. It it reminds me of Alien because of the the paranoia because of the the claustrophobia. It's really, really good. It's really good.
1: It's great. I was saying to you before, like I actually was thinking about putting that down. But yeah. John Goodman, who doesn't make a bad movie, he's fucking amazing, amazing in this movie. He's awesome in this yeah. movie, and this is this is high tension the whole movie, and absolutely and the twists and turns of it. It's it's a great flick. Yep, yeah, it is. It is. Thank you, Gail. Good job, boys.
0: Another one down. A, a cracker moves into third spot on the rank bank, and it's right in. It's in great company up there at the top. It's going to be hard to topple that. We know at least one movie which will, which we've all spoken about tonight. But anyway, (laughs) next week. Now, look, we're going to be without the G-Man. He's going on a uh, sabbatical to Southeast Asia. Oh, the G. To to meet some former girlfriends and spend some time with his family. (laughs) A few few kumites, Yeah. Uh, Some of the Uh, underground boxing uh, matches that he's going to be into. Uh, (sighs) Daniel will be having a a week off because he's uh, – I'll tell you what, he's earned it. Thank he's you. earned it this week. Yeah, he's, uh, he's really would. put in this week. He's really put in a lot, <laughs> and he's he's used all his words for next week tonight. So next week it's going to be myself and Damo in the panic room. Brilliant. We we might be looking at ringing someone in for the good, the bad, the ugly again, but we've chosen a movie. These boys don't know what we've chosen, but we've chosen a movie mainly because they're not here.
2: excellent! Thank God right. for that. Now it's I haven't. And, and
0: it's, it. it's, it's a very good movie, and I, I think you both like it, but I'm not sure whether you would be up for the time it's going to take to really dissect this one. We're going to The Shire. Oh, really? We're going to be spending some time with Ian Holm again. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings.
2: Fuck no. Thank God I'm not here. <laughs> oh.
0: Now, there are three of these movies, and we will cover all of them, Oh, and at God. one time, you two will be required to be doing at least one of those movies.
2: Jesus.
0: But next week, Damo and I will be on our lonesome, and we're going to find someone. Did reach out to Johnny Bull, mate? If he's keen, you've only got to send me a oh, send me a, it. We'll see. Uh, he's good. Good, he I'm
2: reckons he's over and under it,
0: Johnny. He, he reckons he's over and unders aren't good enough, mate. I'm Damo, and this, I'm one of each. Really? Yeah, yeah. See, that's I reckon it. that's not a bad way to beat it, though. I'm a few. My overs and I shudder to think what Damo he's got to be two. He's seen this a lot. This is one of his favourite
1: movies yeah, of all time. Yeah. He's read the book more the times that he's seen the movie. He said that the other week. Yeah. Well good luck, guys, with that next week. I'm yeah. I'm sad I'm gonna be missing it, but yeah. uh, you know, I know you guys will do it justice. We shall do it justice. I actually I'm think Gow's away that. for two weeks. Oh, is he? Gow's oh, away for God. two
0: episodes, so we'll we'll try and hold the fort here. Keep growing that subscriber base. And uh you know, get you a retainer that you deserve. Retainer,
2: <laughs> gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, thank you, Maddie Beer Geek. Uh, well played, son.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes. Thank you, G-Man. Thank you. Thanks, Maddie, as well. That was great to have you on.
0: Yeah, Maddie, that was amazing. We were just taking the piss earlier when we said you were shit house. You're actually awesome. Uh, we loved having you on. You brought some great insight, and we can't wait to have you back again. But you might just have to wait another 70 episodes. But we'll just see.
1: Let's get on the road let's get on the road to
0: Perth. I think we've got to get on the road to Perth uh, and, uh, and and maybe take the show there. Anyone want to sponsor a trip for Born to watch to WA for three or four knockabout lads? Uh, I'm sure that maybe one of the pubs might want to yeah you know? Maddie, if you send this to all your mates, maybe uh, we we'll, we'll grow the we'll grow a, quite a hefty base over there and uh it might be able to do a live show over there and you can charge you know five hundred thousand bucks a head for people to come in pay for the show it's sell itself. would sell itself been an absolute pleasure gentlemen and people thank you for listening next week it is Lord of the Rings the Fellowship of the Rings spread the love bye for now
1: see you all see ya thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch to join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you like what you hear give us a 5 star review and share with your friends